so last week we we prayed for Israel and rightfully so they're uh, they're outnumbered by Arab nations <laughs> you don't even want to know the ratio <laughs> but um, let me give you a biblical spiritual perspective uh, today that will one perhaps Maybe leave you wanting more. We can continue, I guess, the mini-series that's 10 minutes next week if we really feel we want to go forward. Or if you go, no, that was enough, then we'll, we'll stop. Um, but go ahead. Is it okay if the kids go? Um, I'm going to go 10 minutes, then we're going to sing again, and then we start the sermon. So um, I'm just not sure it's a kid-friendly topic. Okay, okay. Um, well, let's let's do this. Let's do this. So so let's have um, Donna, if you'll go um, over there. If anybody that would like their children to go with Donna, that this is uh, this is just going to be something that's going. We're not going to we're not going to go into Ezekiel 38 because because I don't feel it's I don't feel it's it's correct to to go into end times. When you've got two conditions that haven't been met yet. So it wouldn't be fair to even bring that up. Um, but now if you go home and say, oh, Ezekiel 38, what do you mean? <laughs> um, you can go through that and then we can talk some more if you like. But um, yeah, this is just a, a continuation from last week that we prayed at the end of the service. And things are heating up in the Middle East. When Israel's heating up in the Middle East, we should pay attention. We definitely should pay attention. And so, um, you know we do a funny before we start. This is from our buddy Ken Beam. Ken sent this, as well as the one before the sermon today. Um, How's your business trip going? Not great, I need to find a new hotel. Oh no, why? This one has bed bugs. A biblical reason for the attack of Israel by 1,500 Hamas terrorists last week, I think it was last week ago, Saturday, just pulverized the Israeli people and families and the elderly and kids. I mean, the stories are horrendous. Jealousy over the promise. Okay, tell me more, tell me more. Who is, who is the patriarch of the Jews and Christians and Islam? Abraham. Yeah. Oh, I like the way you said that. Yes. Yeah. Abram. Abraham. And because he's like the so-called founding father, so to speak, of, of these faiths, that God used him, you would just surmise that there's controversy, there's problems with that. Uh, we've got, that's Holy Word, um, the Muslim, Islam faith, it's the Quran. Um, the Jews have the uh, Torah and uh, the Old Testament. So, yeah, so Abraham, and Abraham was a, Abraham was a, uh, when he was called, Trick question. He was a Jew, Gentile, what? A Gentile. He was a Gentile. There wasn't Jews. He became the, the father of the, of the Jewish nation, which we'll see in, well, we won't see it today, but, but in Genesis, we see the, I think it's the, uh, uh, the statement that they will refer to the Hebrew nation, Israel, and then the Jews. I think it's in that order. I could be, could be off a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, look at this, the promise, the promise that Yahweh, the Lord, gave to Abram, okay, Abram. In Genesis 12, 1 through 3, God promised Abraham that he would multiply his descendants as the stars in the sky, 
He would be their God and give them a specific piece of land forever. Yet even before that, God said he would bless Abraham and his descendants so that all the families of the earth would be blessed. You'll see that in Genesis 12. Look at the promised land. So you say Genesis 15, 18. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. It wasn't a covenant where Abram had to partake and, and be a doer to receive blessing. It was a unilateral covenant. It was just, it was just binding on God. That's what people forget. The Lord made a covenant with Abram and said to your descendants, give this land from the rivers of Egypt to the great river of the Euphrates. So we just have them. We draw a line here. We've got that. This is a land that someday will be fulfilled completely. <laughs> Guess whose kingdom reigned? expanded Israel's borders and made it somewhat respectable and close to occupying all the land. David, King David. Nobody expanded Israel's borders except King David. And then they kind of uh, went back a little bit. But here is, here is Israel as we know it now. Not much of an occupation. And even they share that with uh, land with Palestinians. So there it is. Look at this. Israel was entitled to the land going back 21 years before anyone knew about the Palestinians. So you think the Palestinians said, this is our land. This is our land. Well, if we talk next week briefly, uh, we'll get into why they say that and who was the Roman emperor that, that labeled it like that and how it remained like that. Let's keep going. Abram's wife, Sarai, was barren. So how is God going to fulfill his promise? In Genesis 12, 1 through 3, how is he going to do that? His wife's barren. You find that in chapter 11, towards the end of the chapter. So what happened is outside of God's plan, Abram had a child with his Egyptian slave, Hagar. And by the way, it's not the Hagar... Uh, that, that was the pant maker, remember? <coughs> yeah. I'll cut that out for the next service. <laughs> and their son Ishmael is known as he's their son and is known to be the ancestor of the Arab people. And that's Islam. Makes up the, the, the overwhelmingly vast majority. But then that's where we get the Palestinians and then Hamas, and then my water bottle. <laughs> oh, toss it to me. Let me show my athleticism. Ooh, one hand and left hand. I'm right-handed. I'm right-handed, by the way. So that was left hand. Yeah, grab Once in a lifetime. <laughs> okay, so so we got the Palestinians. And uh, that are, you know, basically the, the, the Islam people. And then here's Hamas. is like a super ramped up um, Palestinian group who are super Sunni Muslims, super Islam. And their complaint was that the Palestinians weren't aggressive. They weren't mean. They weren't brutal and, and uh, cruel enough. So they, so they came to, to power. Not only did Hamas come to power, they won some political seats. And they, and, they, and, they, and they got some money. And they spent all the money, Hamas did, not trying to, to, to fortify the people in their area, but to, but to build underground roads that, that are, are for, you know, for, for, bad, for destruction. And so, so there we've got, there we've got the start of the Arab people, um, Islam, okay, the Muslim faith. And uh, then we've got later Abram, it's Abram and Sarai had Isaac, who was the child of promise, the son of the covenant. 
would then begin a new race nation later known as Israel, the Hebrew people, and the Jews. So we're going to see here there's a covenant where the son of the covenant's Isaac. And so, and so the, the non-son of the covenant, okay, uh, Ishmael. And so you see from there, there's already tension. There's already a problem early on in our scripture, okay, in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the Torah, okay, in what the, and the Jews would say the Old Testament, the Old Testament law, uh, the predominant Old Testament law. New King James Version, Genesis 12, 3, I will bless those, God says, who bless you, Israel, and I will curse him who curses you. Israel, and in all of the families of the earth, um, and, in, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So this doesn't sit well with Islam. Bottom line here, why is Satan empowering Hamas to attack and destroy Israel and the Jews? Well, here it goes. Israel represents the covenant, redemptive plan of God. It's all through the Testament and the New. This is not this is not something that um, Hamas and, and Islam, the people of Islam, uh, embrace and like. Satan has always been opposed to the redemptive plan of God through Israel and the whole world. Because we as Gentiles got drafted in. Right? This is so cool. Uh, and so, uh, so, yeah. And so this is a uh, uh, time where we see Satan alive and, and working and uh, trying to deflect that. Out of Israel would come a Jewish savior who was born, died, and who would return again to Israel. So this would be Jesus. This would be Jesus. And he's going to be setting up his millennial reign, thousand year, from Jerusalem. So, so that's still to come. That's still to come. And then finally, Hamas's mission is to kill all Jews and turn Israel into an Islam state. Now let me go even further and deeper as to why this may be. And we'll finish today's uh, short little um, eight, nine minute presentation with this. Revelation 12, three and four. How do we know that Satan is behind this move by Hamas? How do we know? Verse three, and another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon, and seven heads, and ten horns, and on his heads seven diadems. His tail slipped down a third of the stars on heaven and cast them to the earth. Those would be the fallen angels, okay, the demonic presence. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. Satan getting into the redemptive plan of God. He couldn't kill Jesus. He couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't stop the birth. If that makes sense. So the dragon, Satan, woman Israel, and you go, how do you know this? Did you make this up? Did you have a dream? I'm worried. No, no, no. The scripture will talk. And you can just call me or text me or email me. Um, and, and talk about the dragon and the proof text to know Satan, uh, the woman, Israel, okay, and the child, Jesus. So, but however, remember King Herod, though, Satan attempted to kill the child in a general massacre of male children commanded by Herod. And that failed. And that failed. And so, and so this is the introduction. Um, took us 10 minutes. We could go more next week. Uh, give me some feedback if you think we should do more or say that's enough. We'll just, because we still have, we still have the sermon. Yes. Um, but uh, that's perfect. So thanks for uh, being a part of that. And let's just pray for Israel right now. It's like, it's like Pastor Dunn is this, uh, it's, it's, it's like, it's like, you know, where do you stand? Uh, well, the Bible, the Bible tells me that Jesus, Jesus and Israel are real tight. <laughs> I stand with Israel. I stand. I have to stand with Israel. It doesn't mean I believe every every political decision they make right now. It doesn't mean that, or, or that I believe that they've made in the past. No, but I stand with Israel. There's a future for Israel. 
So Jesus, we just we just would stand wholeheartedly um, for Israel. We would stand, Lord, because your word has taught us that they play a major role in end times. Lord, we know there's going to be another temple bill. It's not going to be for sacrifices for sin. <laughs> Jesus, you, you provided that, Lord. But it's going to be so much more. Lord, I pray for the Jews today. I pray for the Jewish nation today. I pray that they would recognize you, Jesus, as Lord. Because we're not going back to the old covenant. We're not going back. So it's going to be vital that, that the Jewish nation, Jesus, sees you as Lord and accepts you as Lord and Savior. Because you're the fulfillment of the promises that were so desirable in the Old Testament that would give us hope and give everybody in the Hebrew nation hope as well as all the Gentiles which are us. Bless us as we go forward. We thank you, Jesus. Help, uh, help Israel be victorious in your precious name.
say thank you. You guys may be seated. And if you have any other children, <laughs> grades first through sixth, um, now's your chance, kiddos. You guys can head on out. We will return the children back to the worship center prior to the end of service. They're going to go out and learn more Bible with Miss Sandy and my mama. seen by men. Assuredly, I 
say to you that they have their reward because they're not doing it for what? They're doing it for themselves. So we got to think through that and go, okay, well, that was a problem then. Uh, is it a problem for me? I hope not. Then verse 6, but, but you when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in secret, in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. You know what? How many of us go and pray in secret? I go in secret. My wife goes, where are you going? So I'm going to the bedroom. And why? I'm going to pray again. We prayed this morning. And you know what I'm saying? I mean, it doesn't come without a price. But, but here's the thing. When you go to that room, shut the door, don't bring in your phone. It'll be distracting. There are so many games on your phone that you can play instead of pray. I know it. I know people that know it. And also, don't bring this. Don't bring this. Evil, evil, tragic, potential travesty with you when you pray. <laughs> Jilly tricks instead of praying when she's next to me when I pray. Because there's something about her being physically there, doing cute things with her paws. And then you go, well, I can train her and then be on David Letterman's stupid pet tricks. Ooh, was I just dating myself? That was quite a while. That was quite a while ago. Anyway, so, yeah, watch out. Watch out for distractions. To hear God, you got to get alone. To hear God, you just gotta be be silent. And for me, that's that's hard. That's really hard. I like to interact with people. If I see a shadow of a neighbor walking by on the side or the front, I gotta go see who it is. Because I want to talk to him or her or whatever. Anyway, I know. So uh, so when you pray, shut the door. Get alone. But I have an infant. I have an infant. I want to be my infant. Get child care. Get child care. Matter of fact, if it's going to make a difference for you to get along with Jesus and spend time with Jesus, I'll pay for the, the half hour of child care, the 20 minutes of child care. Just let me know ahead of time. Okay? I mean, I'm that adamant about it. We just can't, we can't wait on stuff like this because God has something for your life as you were called to him and his purposes. Verse 7. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. In this matter, therefore pray. So, vain repetition. This gets a little bit touchy. This gets touchy. Don't get offended. I'm going to tell you what I think, how I have studied, and what I have drawn in conclusion, and then I have another reason why we're not going to be reciting in vain repetition, or I won't be doing that, and that will come in just a couple minutes. But when you pray, do not use vain repetitions. So empty chatter. Empty chatter. Things, again, that draw attention to you. Things where just your head's engaged, but not your heart. It's easy for me to pray the Lord's Prayer. But I can go through it and have it not touch any part of my heart or body. Just wrote. Just wrote recitation. And so watch out for that. A lot of people were doing that. So I'm not going to pray the Lord's Prayer when I want to pray. I'm going to take the subjects and pray those items. And that'll take... When Jesus went to pray, okay, it wasn't wrote memory. It was from the heart when he was before the Father. And so we can, we can learn from that. We can see that. Let's go on here. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven. So Jesus would have spoke. Uh, what's that language? Ah, 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 ah. Good, good. Uh, say it all together. Jesus would have spoke what to his disciples? Aramaic. Yeah, good. Abba. So, so, so our, our Abba in heaven. Aramaic. Now, Abba, Daddy. Again, some of you were taught, he's not a daddy. You give him obedience and respect. I want to see him as daddy to me. I didn't have a good father. 
I want to see him as my daddy. But if you want to be really technical, you might want to say, you might want to see and say, next to daddy, put dear father. He's dear father. Abba, Aramaic, the best word to describe intimacy between a child and his father. Best, best word, best word. But if, you, if daddy's just not going to work for you, then go to your father. Daddy's going to work for me. And, 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 and that's okay. And that's okay. Those who are born again can address Jesus this way. Wait, what? But God created all, and all are his children. All are his children. Yeah, he did create all. We're made in his likeness and image. But all don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's the thing, that's the work that we get to do, is to bridge that gap. We get to bridge that gap. Look at this. Seth, you're on call. Or Simon, one of you two, so you're on call here. It's okay. Thing froze up anyway. Technology, huh? Mile six? Too far. Oh, there we go. God told Moses. God told Moses to refer to him as I am, as I am. The Israelites knew God as Jehovah, Yahweh. We get to know him as Abba, Father. I mean, these are huge benefits. These are huge benefits. So you think, you think God called Father used 15 times in the Old Testament, 15 times. In the Gospel of John, Jesus called God Father over a hundred times. So, so something has happened to bring God near. Something has happened to bring God near. John 1.12. <coughs> Simon, our, our reader from last week, did such a nice job. He was, uh, I mean, Seth was hired for this week. Nice and loud. John 1.12. Something has happened to bring God near. Yet to all One more time. Uh, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So believe. We call Father. So, so bottom line, regarding being repetition prayer, God is not Father to all. If we were to say that together, it wouldn't apply to everyone. So we got to be careful about that. That's why we're to go tell others. Look at Jesus. Look at what he did. He bridged that gap, that, that chasm, so we could know God and walk with him. If you have a relationship with Jesus, this could be you. This is you. This is me because of Jesus. Let's go on. Verse 9, continue. Hallowed be your name. Set apart and in your blankets. Holy. Set apart and holy are you and special are you. So if you just start, if you just say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, you're, you're glorious. Jesus, you're holy. Jesus, you're perfect. You're perfect grace. You're perfect mercy. You're perfect justice. And you're holy. These are the attributes in my sanctification, Jesus, that I desire to be more holy like you. And then out of prayer, you bust into whatever the Holy Spirit gives you. What a marvelous beginning. Wasn't my idea, it was His. You start worshiping God with this. Do we honor God, esteem God, reverence God? Do we value God? What's the evidence? What's the acid test? That would really show. Remember, we spent two weeks and it was, it was tough. And the vine, the red branches produce fruit. Pick up your cross. Deny yourself daily. Follow me. That's hard. That's really hard. And over time, we get better at it. But now, Lord, what is it? Matter of fact, check out this. Do we treasure God above all other things? Evaluate our life last 12 hours. Where did he fit in? Where did he fit in? Well, let's see here. Well... Mm, uh, last night, 
wasn't as easy going as thought I was irritating my wife a lot because I was around the house a lot. And then, uh, and then I was asking her if she was irritated and I, I, I just, I was just thinking about, you know, things of the world and not a lot of things of scripture. So, scratch last night. Uh, well, no, earlier last night, Jenny, we went to the movies, you Liz and I. We saw the movie of the Duck Dynasty guy that uh, shows his story and uh, before he, he made the little whistles for the ducks and uh, it shows his life before that. It was amazing. What was it called? What was it called? The Blind. The Blind. Thank you. It says at Cinemax, by the way, on Apple Valley and Bear Valley Road, that it's, it's going to be leaving the theater soon. And it was a full house. Granted, it was a 20-seat theater, but it was a full house. <laughs> it was still very, very good. So where does he fit in? I mean, can you think in 24 hours where our Lord Jesus Christ, where, where he was just glorified by you, by me, set apart and appreciated, where your family took, took time just acknowledging him and his beauty? Was there anything? Because that, that's the acid test. Hallowed be your name. We can be like that. And find we reap the benefits thereof. Is he just holy to me? Here. Well, Mark 24 says, even the demons know who Jesus is. The Holy One of God. Is that all I have for him? So I'm challenged in that part to stop, to let you know of your beauty, your holiness. This brings pleasure to you. And so it's going to bring blessing to my life. And it's going to spill out, spill out horizontally to my family. Oh, it so is. Verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does this mean? We're to pray that the things done in heaven would come and be done on earth. <coughs> Glorious time. Look at this. Earth, kingdom of man, ruled by Satan. And we are challenged with the kingdom of God in heaven to overtake Satan's rule of darkness. We pray. We've got tools to pray with that. So if you or myself, we've got an older daughter that struggles. And so, and so I'm asked here, Lord, like it is in heaven, that someday that this daughter would glorify you and see you in all your splendor and majesty. As the holy angels do, around the clock, they praise you 24-7. Turn this child's wayward mind back to you. That we would reap a blessing as a family. That she would see such blessing and richness come to life in her life now. We can pray those prayers. We can pray those prayers, but sometimes we don't even know they're there. They're so far away. The angels serve faithfully to the Lord's command. Joyfully. Look at Revelation. Look at chapters. I think it's four and five. Oh my goodness. So we're to pray that every human would know the glory of God and see his life-giving spirit. Oh, this prayer is getting exhausting. Oh my gracious. How about 11? This is a weird kind of a statement. Give us this day our daily bread. Wow. This statement of prayer is for our needs. But it's daily to our needs. It's daily to our needs. It's for one day at a time. Did you know that God's mercies are new each day? Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. Right? So... <clears throat> You, me, we worry about things that are like two and three days later, and we fret about them. We don't get mercies for those days until the day before, 12.01. They're new each day. So God has designed us to walk daily with him, to know his system. There's enough junk today to work through and to be called faithful to, and not to sit back and fret and... and 
decompress and, and, and do all sorts of things because you're worried about three or four days ahead. It says one day at a time. Check this out. When we reflect on the uncertain lifestyle of many first century workers, they were paid one day at a time. And for whom a few days illness could spell tragedy. This relates perfect to this culture. We don't get paid every day. But we need to get paid. And we want to work. And so God says take it daily. Take it daily. Mucho importante. Take it daily. First century paid every day. Matter of fact. Oh my goodness. The Hebrews... The Jewish people scattered under the Roman rule of Pompeii, a hundred years before James was written. Yeah, true story, true story. They would take Jews because they would come in as slaves. They would forget to pay them daily because they didn't want to. And after one or two weeks, they would kill them. Yeah, that, that was unjust. That was disgusting. True story. And you'll see, you'll see what's funny is you'll see in James chapter 5, uh, James kind of addresses that. We're not going there, but you can later. And it's, uh, it's just really uh, an interesting passage. Let's go on here. What's the need today? Forgiveness? You bring it to the Lord. What's the need? Food? Patience? Victory? Success? Overcoming? You bring it daily. It's the system in which God has had us laid out to pray. Laid out to pray. And forgive us our debts, our sins. When you see this prayer in Luke, it's referred to as sins. We can, we can uh, put that in with no problem. And forgive us our debts, our sins, as we also have forgiven our debtors' sins. This takes a while. This takes a while to practice because a lot of us we're really angry at family members. Or we're angry at some people in the body. And we're just, we can't get over it. But we fail, or I fail when I feel this way, to, to see how awful my sin has been before God. And what he's forgiven me of. Oh, oh, it's just a tragedy that I think this way. Yeah. My daughter used to say, um, and you think you're all that in a bag of chips. And uh, it's just, it's a cute saying, but uh, uh, I do way too much. Like an extra large bag of, bag of freedoms. <laughs> if God measured forgiveness to me, by the way, I measure it to others. If God measured forgiveness to me, by the way, I measure it to others, would I be forgiven at the end of the day? Something to reflect on. Something to think on. God is challenging us in this way. We're hopefully getting to this goal in our sanctification. Not being saved, justification, but in our sanctification, being set apart as chosen by God, responding to His prompt, set apart for holiness, to love Him and to be more like Him. Let's ask God to open our eyes to see the enormity of our offenses against Him. Then the offenses of others may seem a bit silly, a little bit, a little bit light, perhaps. All right, this is tough. This is tough. You can maybe tell me why. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Why is this verse so tough? Talk to somebody around you. Why is this verse so tough? I've been talking too long, like 26 minutes. It's almost, we just need to like take a, just a quick little breather. Talk to somebody around you. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Why is this verse so tough? Talk to somebody around you. Or just be like
just going along daily. Like we be driving and someone's cut us off and it's immediate that we want to cuss that person out or say yeah. that things under a breath, you know, and it's like, oh, but, you know. Yeah. And if we're already having a bad day, it's going to be a lot easier to, to cuss that person out. It just is. And, uh, and so, uh, so yeah. So, yeah, it's good. I mean, that's a, that's a good idea there. Here's why it's so tough. The word temptation. God doesn't tempt anyone. No. Right? The devil tempts. So, so the Greek word there, we got to go with, it's, it's either temptation or trial. we got to go with trial if we're going to match it up to God's word. I don't know why it says that. It kind of implies that as we go along. But see, but see this, and then, but deliver us from evil. So why is this verse so tough? We're looking for trials of another kind here, okay? Such as persecution, spiritual conflicts, personal suffering, mental afflictions. These may come as a test, which would be a trial. But he says you can pray that even those trials don't come. And it's because of what Darlene said. It's the strangest thing. Here's what happens. If you're having a bad day and you need to, 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 to pray this and mean it with your heart, you can find that the littlest thing, the littlest trial, can send you to a place where you have regrets for 20 years. I mean, I know, I know people that have said things to their wife, and 20 years later, it's still not forgotten or forgiven. So, so he's like saying, he's like saying, hey, you can pray. Lead me not into trials today. Because look here, look here. Since testing is inevitable, we do not want to be carried into or caught up in the trial so as to crumble under pressure. We might be on edge. Pastor Mark, you know what I mean? You never know. And I don't respond like that, but you could feel like that. Okay? I've talked to my wife at inappropriate times before, and, uh, and uh, she let me know that it wasn't the right time. And, uh, but we just have a different way of always doing that. And, uh, and we respect that. And, um, but anyway, yeah, it's all good. This is a prayer to have the ability to stand up under pressure and to avoid the trial. Because, 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 because! Satan uses some trials to lead us into the enticement of sin. This is a prayer for protection from actions of Satan. Fair enough. And you think, ah, phooey. I'm not doing all this. I got about seven minutes to pray, and I got a list of about 12 to 15 for myself. Give yourself over to prayer. In this sort of formula, it's a bad name to call God's word a formula. Okay, these practices, and then on the bottom of your outline, look at, look, 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 look at this, because this is the challenge. This is the challenge this week. This is the challenge this week. Do we treat Abba Father as a real dad who loves us more than our parents, best friends, or spouse? That's, that's a big challenge. That's a big challenge. So you answer it yourself and just reflect on these next time you pray. Do we, tre do we treasure and worship God above all things due to His holiness? That's a challenge. If you do it, I guarantee you, you spend time like that with Jesus, I guarantee you, you won't leave that prayer room without your dog. You won't leave that time, unless you can handle it. Leave that time and, 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 be, and be regretful. You just won't. There's never a time where I spend time with Jesus. And I've either done the acts, you know, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, or, or now this, and regret you won't. And you'll find that the time that you needed for something else, God will give you more. Kind of like the time. Are we praying your kingdom come, your will be done in heaven as it, in, as it is on earth for personal situations? Your own family, your relatives, your neighbors, that they would know this, this awesome Jesus. Are we talking to Jesus about our daily needs and forgiving others? And then finally, are we asking God to deliver us? Can we have the, the, the music team come? And uh, for our, our get ready, our closing song, and then our offering. In our, in our prayer time right now, 
in our close of service time, the last point is, are we asking God to deliver us from the trials that can entice us to sin? I can pick the sin, but I can't pick the consequences. I can pick the sin, but I can't pick the consequences. We've got to remember that. The world's brutal. Satan's brutal. So, so as, we, as we think right now, and as we go forward, I'm going to take a stand to pray more. I'm just going to recommit my life before you to pray more. Because there's no regrets after I get time with Jesus and my path becomes so crystal clear as to my next move, what I should do and what I shouldn't do. So I'm going to do that. Liz, I hope that, that, that you will do that with me. So would you come up and just lay hands with me? Would you come up and lay hands with me? And, and prayer is, is on my heart. It's on my heart. It's on my mind. Jesus says, Don, you need to spend more time with me. And I'm like, I want to heed that. So, so I'm going to say by virtue of, of my lovely wife being connected to me, that I'm going to put that on her heart. And, uh, and, and she will also stand with me in that. As the music plays, I've got two things and two purposes. If you would, if you have a decision to make, just before Jesus, come up to the altar. Go between you and him. He will appreciate it. It'll make a big difference. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when the music plays right now, just come up and have a seat in one of these front chairs, and we'll talk about it after the service. But last and not least, if you have a desire to just say, God, I want to stand with you and Liz and, and commit to praying more with Jesus. And this, and this system's pretty cool. Thank you.